Why? One question I've asked a lot. Why are things the way they are? Why don't I see happening what I want to see happening? Why do I still feel like there's something missing? And really, the best way to put it is like this. Why am I here? And I bet you're also wondering why I'm here as well. Well, put on your spiritual scuba diving gear because we are about to dive deep. I am, as you know, Amani Akins, and this is the third season of the Deeper Waters podcast. Well, hello and welcome back to the Deeper Waters podcast. And before I say anything else, I just have to say how much it amazes me how this podcast is sustained throughout just all this time of not being active. I've seen episodes shoot up even within the past few days at the time of this recording before this is released. And it just surprises me to see the consistent about 25 people listening per episode every week. And it just, it's just amazing. But all glory to God when it comes to that. But as I mentioned in this intro, why? That's a question that I ponder a lot. And I guess I can answer the first question of why. Why am I here right now? Well, God's letting me breathe. God woke me up. That's one reason why I'm here. But in honesty, honestly, this is just a answer prayer. I really wanted to continue say seeing this podcast go and it, it it's kind of like an Abraham and Isaac type of moment when I mentioned in the go episode you I mean I mentioned it many times in this last episode where I was supposed to be leaving and not be taking over this podcast but I mentioned how abrupt of a change that was and that was the first of many 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 things to go many clothing items, many, the inst- my whole personal Instagram page, a lot of things just had to go for the sake of obedience, obedience in the little things. And I remember I prayed to God and I was like, I don't want to stop doing podcasting, but I will do whatever you want me to do. And he really didn't even tell me to stop doing podcasts. He told me to stop doing this for that time. Are you willing to give that up? And I was willing to give that up. But I did pray this. If you want me to keep doing this, make a way for this to come back. And sure enough, it ended up working out that way. Now, during this in-between season, there's a lot of stuff that happened between me and Elijah, no drama. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about God moving and God working on us. And he's revealed a lot in me. He's revealed a lot in him. He's given us both grace to do a lot of things. And he's also led us to and from a lot of different things. And Elijah's doing a lot in ministry. I know he's been in camps and you'll probably hear him on the podcast. He's not excommunicated. I'm not excommunicated. Obviously, I'm here taking this back over, but there's been a lot of stuff going on in both of our lives. And it's really just being obedient to where he's leading us and what we have time available to do. And Elijah's had a lot on his plate. And 
I've had a lot on my plate as well, doing ASL ministry, working at the church that my dad pastors as a daughter work. But it's all to the glory of God. We just need to learn how to trust God through it all. If he wants you to do something, he's going to make a way for you to do it. But if he wants to get you to give up something, even if it's something that doesn't make sense, like I mentioned earlier with Abraham and Isaac, Abraham, it didn't make any sense. If I was Abraham, I'd be like, why, God, you promised me a child. You gave me a promise and now you want me to give it up. Now you want me to put it on an altar. But what you can't give up, that becomes an idol. And a lot of times it's not about saying why. It's not always about knowing why you have to do what you do, why God is leading you to do something, but it's about trusting him. The Bible says in Psalms 125 that they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. As long as you trust through the why, through all the thoughts that are in your mind, you will not be removed. God will always make a way for you. The gifts that he's given you, they will make a way for themselves. God has a predestined plan for you. Read Romans 8. His spirit is there to help you, to guide you, to intercede for you. And you have to know it. I know I listened to a sermon, and I know I'm going to refer to this preacher a little bit uh, throughout this episode. Uh, there's a preacher named Cody Marks, and he has a couple really good preaching videos that I've seen. Some that I'd recommend are How to Hear the Voice of God and Divine Darkness is a very good one. But I know in an excerpt of one sermon, I don't quite remember the name of it, but he was talking about the part of Romans eight twenty eight that many of us leave out. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. That sounds about right. And you may be thinking, what, what was left out of that? The first few words of that, for we know. You have to know without that knowledge, knowledge of what is holy, knowledge of what can be trusted. I know I was on this guest episode of The Men of Valor with Brother Henry Flores. We had him as a guest, and I'm sure we'd have him, we'll have him back sometime. But that was one of the things I was talking about for the principles of wisdom. The wisest thing that you can do is trust the Lord, to trust his plan, no matter what it looks like. So I just want to talk a little bit about what it's been like the past few months in between this episode and the last episode. So, I want to preface this by saying, be careful what you pray for. Not really. I think you need to pray prayers in faith, and I think it's good to pray ideas that you've seen in the Bible. But don't be surprised when things start to happen. There is power in that request, especially if you're doing things like being obedient. You will be heard. And I know I started praying for conviction. I started praying for direction. I started praying 
for purpose. I started praying for grace, but I want to go back to praying for conviction. And I got this very deep stirring to be radically obedient. And I remember I've listened to a message uh, from a preacher and he was talking about why sometimes we don't hear God speaking, why sometimes it seems like God has nothing to say. And I'm not talking about the message that I was referring to earlier from Cody Marks, but there is a message and I don't quite remember the title of the message, but he was talking about how God, he can speak through circumstances, but there's a lot of times where he will give us a direction, almost like MapQuest, and you will be going and he'll tell you to turn right, almost like MapQuest or uh, maybe not MapQuest because I've never used MapQuest. I know I've seen my parents use it, but maybe the Maps app or Google Maps one of those apps and it'll tell you turn right. And if you don't turn right, it may reroute you a few times and one or two times, but after so many times and maybe even one time, and this is the only way that you can get to your destination. It doesn't say anything else, but proceed to the root, proceed to the root, proceed to the root, go back to where he told you to go. You might be wondering why you're lost. And Jesus stopped right there. The Holy Ghost stopped right there. It's not that he's not there for you, but he's still waiting for you to do what he said to do. Why would he tell you to do something else if you're not going to listen to what he said? So it's a long trail of not just being obedient now, but going back, not going back to the past per se. Now, I do think there is benefits of, you know, renouncing different things and being very specific when you repent for things. I know a lot of times we want to be like, oh, dear God, thank you for this day. Oh, forgive me of all my sins. OK, that's great to start. But you need to start repenting of your individual sins to go on that altar and lay it all out to give it all to God. I mean, imagine this, you have a family member or a friend that's just really rich and he really wants to help you out. He wants to pay off all your debts and you're just like, oh, pay off all my debts, please. And he's just sitting there like, okay, that's nice. I'm willing to do that. But what debts do you want me to pay off? Now, I'd be like, oh, pay off my uh, state debt, pay off my car debt pay off my house debt, pay off, going down the line, going down the specific companies, all of it. I would be listing it all out. And it's kind of like that. We need to confess our sins. It's not always about an open confession. And I think there is a time and a place for that. But in your personal prayer for with God, you need to communicate those things to renounce those certain agreements that you got into. I know there was a part of the Bible, I want to say it's in Isaiah, where it talks about, it's either Isaiah, Ezekiel, or maybe Jeremiah, one of those three. I love those books. But one of those books, it talks about a covenant with death that people used to make. Now, I believe this was a little bit more of a figurative sense. I mean, I think it was literally happening in the spirit, but 
I don't think people were literally, oh, like, hey, Beth, I want to make a covenant with you. But it talks about God wanting to disannul that covenant. And, you know, we got to renounce that. We have to accept Christ and let him begin to search us. It says the spirit searches us and goes through us. We have to allow him to search those things. And as things begin to pop up, those roots begin to pop out. We need to start going through that. So I started going through a process of that. And I was trying to be obedient in the little things. And I remember there was a time where I just heard the Holy Spirit speak clearly. I don't want to say loudly. Now, I've heard some devils speak loudly. I can't really say that I've heard God just speak really loudly in a huge voice. Now, I've been prophesied to and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But just I've heard the voice. I've even heard that still small voice. I've never had a real burning bush moment per se. But I remember there's one time when I was early in the morning praying and I heard this voice say, seal the tiny cracks. That was it. Seal the tiny cracks. And I remember I started looking at verses for it and it was just a really great word, but I didn't really take that to heart. I was just doing a blanket prayer. Oh, okay, God, just reveal those cracks. You know, I'm going to seal it up. And, you know, the little foxes spoil the vine. But I didn't really realize how much this entailed. When you are starting to uproot stuff, you can't just pull out one part of the root. If you even, I know... (laughs) I know this very well now because at my house, we have this little gravel path where we drive it, have a little gravel driveway and it's a little, it's nice, but, and we just got new gravel put in there, but there's these weeds that keep popping up in there and it's spent all day pulling it out. It's been 90 degrees. I've looked on my maps and it's been hotter in Ohio than it's been in California and like some of these states that are supposed to be hot. Yeah, it's been hotter here and we got humidity. So I don't want to hear y'all complaining right now. I've been in your 100 degree weather and it was not as bad as it was these past weeks. But anyways, that's a side of the point. I was out there pulling out weeds, but even some of the tiniest weeds, their roots go so deep into the ground and they're so hard to get out of the ground. I had to move so many rocks out of the way to pull out the weeds into the roots. And those roots went, some of their roots went deeper than the plant itself. And it was almost like the tinier the plant was, oh, the plant would break off. That was easy. And, you know, when you're dealing with sin and certain issues, it's very easy to deal with the fruits of the issue and not the roots of the issue. See, the fruits may be very easy to deal with temporarily, but the you might notice that the fruits may be coming back. Maybe you're addicted to something. Maybe you're struggling with something mentally and you seem like you conquer it for a moment, but then somehow it just keeps coming back. And it's like, I felt like I've dealt with this fruit, but it, these fruits just keep coming back. But you haven't dealt with the memories. You haven't dealt with what is feeding into that issue. And it may not even just be the roots. Maybe there's a whole nother tree of evil that is in your life that is spreading different seeds and keeps repopulating that root of evil. 
So we have to trace that back. And that's what I started to do. I started to trace back different things and I started to see how different things in my life were feeding into different internal struggles. And it, it didn't make sense at first to me, but as I started praying for revelation and for conviction, it just made total sense about how different things affect something, how social media, even just the tiny post, even just the tiny ad, and just to ponder on that ad many minutes later, I would notice the difference between when I was off and I would even only be on for a little second and how vastly my mind was shift. Now, I'm not going to tell you you need to delete social media, but that's just something that I decided to do personally for my personal pages. I know I'm running the Piscato's Rose page right now, but just for personal I know I said I I always have this mindset of, oh, I want to be connected to people and I want to minister to my friends from school and be connected to them without giving my number and stuff like that. That's great and all. But then I started getting convicted about who I was following and the stuff they were posting and how people see, you know, do I approve of? I mean, it literally means follow someone. So you're following it, just following them. You almost give them a stamp of approval, liking stuff. You're giving them stamps of approval. And I started unfollowing everybody that, you know, it wasn't that I even hated the person. I love talking to some of these people and witnessing to some of these people, but it was just like, I can't subscribe to that. I can't follow that. And it was like, I started to notice that if, if this was actually an effective way of ministering, you know, my, all these 1000 plus almost 2000 followers would be saved, you know, all these followers, but it was very rare. And it, it felt like as time went on, it was like, the impact of the posts that I made were less and less, but the impact of the app itself was more and more. That's just one example, but there's other things. It may be the things you read, the music that you listen to, the movies that you're watching, the things you surround yourself with. There's so many, there's so many different ways that different routes can take place in your life. And you have to do that introspection in your life. So that's one thing that was happening for me is praying for that revelation and for that insight that God could break through the veils of deception so that I can see where the roots of the problems are of my life to mortify the flesh as Romans says it through the spirit, mortifying the flesh to put the flesh on the altar and to get rid of the desires and to kill every fruit of it and every root of it to kill the roots of the lust, not just dealing with the symptom, but dealing with the problem. Outside of that, that's just one side issue that I just had to ish, uh, deal with. But just going back to obedience and going back to where God told you to be. I know as I prayed for direction and I prayed for what God wants me to do. I started to see certain things start to finally fall in place. But there was also some things to where it was like, I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like that I should be a little further than where I'm at right now. And as I started being obedient to my convictions, it was like I was tracing this path back. I wasn't going backwards, I was going forward, but I was going back to where God told me to be in the first place. 
So outside of just pulling up roots, it was going back to the place where he said, be obedient. I told you to get rid of this the first time. I told you to do this the first time. To be a good steward of what I've already given you. One interesting thing about the laws of the kingdom, and you can read this in like Matthew and Mark, Luke and John, of course, but there's a part in the Bible where it talks about to whom much is given, more will be given to them, but whom has whoever has little, even the little bit that they have, it'll be taken away from them. Now, that doesn't sound fair at all. That sounds not fair. That's not equity. That's not welfare. But God's kingdom doesn't quite work like our democracy does. When you are a good steward with what you have, God's going to give you more. But when you are a bad steward with certain stuff, you may be wondering why other things aren't working. Well, you're not even doing good with some of the stuff that you have. So going back to being good and realizing why God positioned me in certain places places so after being obedient to those little things and I started to slowly make my way back reconciling back to where God wanted me to be and the position that he placed me in a few about a week ago I was at one of the camp meetings I did not stay but I love to go to the altar services and the, see the worship and the preaching and all that and honestly I did not go for me I went prayed I was like oh these songs are okay you know we're really not here for the songs but it's like I'll probably come up to the altar pray for a couple people and head out but that Wednesday night God had a, something a little different for me I, I don't want to say I was rebuked because that's not quite what happened <laughs> but God called me out on some foolishness that I really didn't even realize that I had because I've grown up in a house that in an area I'm I'm more of an inside person by nature but I'm in a very rural area and I there's a church that my dad is uh, doing as a daughter work and that's great but I've always wanted to just get away from this area I've wanted to you know, help, pray, and move on, move out of state, do this and that. And I'm not saying I'll never move out, but it was like, I was almost passing off this burden and it's like, oh, I'll pray for y'all, but I'm, I'm headed out. And it was like, you've never paid attention to the position that I've given you. I've given you a purpose. I've given you a place to be. And you need to focus on that. You need to invest in that. This is deeper than what you think it is. There's more coming out of this than what you think it is. And I know there's so many times, I mean, even the P7 that I did, it wasn't even necessarily something that I just wanted to do. But it's being obedient to that call because all are called, but few are chosen. And God positions you. There's a reason why you're in the city that you're in. There's a reason why you're in the house that you're in. There's a reason why... Everything is the way it is. God established it. You know, you can make your plan, but the psalmist said, God establishes our goings. So you have to trust them in that. We have to know that all things are working together, but only if, only if you love them. Now, I've reiterated this time after time throughout the podcast that the only way to love God is through obedience. So when you are finally obedient, even to those little things, going back to the things you said to do, 
Delayed obedience is disobedience. So going back to the things God told you to do the first time, and you may not have did it, going back and being obedient, being obedient to those silent, really, really small convictions, being obedient in those little things when God told you to pick that thing up off the ground that you threw on the floor or when God told you to turn off that music or you put that clothes on that's just a little bit not the most modest and you know in the back of your mind it's like, oh, I can justify this. It's long enough or it ain't that bad, but you know deep down inside something and you told you to take that off and you wore it anyway. That's what I'm talking about. Those little things being obedient. And like I said, I love it. First John, not first John, John 14 and 15, John 15 and 14. And most of first John talk about what it means to love Christ is to be obedient. Because when you humble yourself and you're obedient, then you can be guided. If you can't be obedient, you cannot be guided. God is a gentleman. Only the devil takes advantage of people, but God gives you an advantage, but you have to accept that advantage. That's why it's grace through faith, your belief in what he said. If you believe it, then you will do it. And if you believe it and you do your part, God will do his part. You have to work together with God. And if you will do what he says you will do, then it will work out. If you do not do what he says to do, then it will not work out. That means you do not love God. And what he has planned for you is not going to go the way that it's supposed to go. Now, God will still establish your goings. God has control over everything that is happening, even when you are disobedient. But it's not going to work out the way God wants it to work out. If you keep holding the pen of your life and writing your own story, it's not going to work out the way that you want it to work out. God has a perfect planned life before you were even created. He said to Jeremiah, before you were even formed, I knew you. I knew you. So he predestined your plan. But we have to walk in that destiny. The only way to walk in that destiny is to be obedient, to be humble. So I was, like I was saying, I was trying to be obedient and I started to see stuff open up. And then I got that special word to be good with what you have, the house that you have, even though you may not just love the country area, take care of that house, the church that you have, invest into that and take care of it like it's your own. You never know. You may have, you may take this over. So you need to work like you, this is your church. This is your church. And even the main campus, you know, work like this is your church. And of course, I'm not saying that I was just nonchalant about any of this stuff completely, but it was just really that highlight of being faithful with everything you have, every little thing that you own to be faithful with that. So as I was being faithful and as I was trying to be obedient, then it kind of came to a point to where I started sacrificing a lot. You know, well, do I do I trust God enough to give this up? as I talked about on go to do those abrupt things. And I'm not saying that everything just has to be abrupt, but God will lead you to do some things that you do not want to do all the time. But and that's most of the time when you hear that voice in your head to do something that you don't want to do, most of the time that's not you. Now, you know, 
a lot of us want to hear the voice of God, but a lot of us don't even listen to our own conscience because your conscience will tell you to put those Pringles down. Your conscience will tell you to put the pop down. Your conscience will tell you not to do some stuff. And a lot of times we can't even listen to our conscience. I'm not talking about our heart or our mind. I'm talking about our spirit, the spirit that God gave us, the thing that is literally our life. We have something naturally within us to naturally maintain our life. Now, we also are naturally born with flesh as well. So as much life and living water that we have within us, we also have dirt within us. So we are not perfect beings, but it's being reconciled to our purpose. So all this focus on obedience, as I've been talking about, there's a point to where when you're so obedient, that your obedience leads you to sacrifice. Now, obedience proceeds to sacrifice. You cannot sacrifice and not be obedient. But when you are obedient, you naturally will become a sacrifice. Romans 12 talks about being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's your reasonable service is to be a sacrifice. So as you live for Christ, you're naturally going to give up things. As you live for Christ, you're naturally going to eventually end up having to give up some things to be a sacrifice. To live for Christ is a sacrifice daily. That's what repentance of a lifestyle is. A repentance lifestyle is continually sacrificing your will and saying, not my will, O God, but yours be done. So as I started to give up whatever I felt to give up and to do whatever I need, felt like I needed to do, it was like I ended up in a little bit of a place to where I don't want to say I was isolated because that's not the case. I don't believe that's Godly's to be isolated, but it was like, okay, God, I've given you money. I've given you or given up the different things that I've been convicted to do. But it's like, why am I sitting here? And I still feel like there's something missing. And it's like the more you come into revelation about this world, the more that you realize that this whole earth is vanity. There's not a lot to it. The more that you learn, the more you figure out this industry is evil and this is actually connected to a power and this and that. It's all, if it's not Christ, it's worthless is basically what I'm saying. And I remember I got to a point to where I started to realize what I've been wasting my time doing. It's all vanity. And I remember I even wrote this on my whiteboard, vanity. Just to think about it and look about it. Look on it. Vanity. Now, there are two extremes to the definition of vanity. The first, if you look it up on Google, in their nice little Oxford Dictionary, you will see the first definition for vanity is excessive pride in or admiration of one's own appearance and achievements. And it really hit me hard because that's what I've been investing in. For example, on Instagram for myself. No, I wasn't posting on it all the time, but I was getting all this clothes and I was getting all the, making all these videos and posting all the time and doing this and doing that. And it was all, I was creating an idol out of myself and following others like an idol. Now, 
as time went on and throughout, especially the last year, I really was unplugging from it, but it was still like something in me was still drawing and something in me still wanted to post. And it was like, what is the point of that? Well, I got a little bit of something out of it. There's something called, as many of you know, dopamine in your brain that is released every time that you get that. And it's purposely made to overstimulate that, to get that achievement from yourself when you're in front of people. And even if you're not literally in front of people to see, oh, people see that I did this. Even if it's for God, people saw that I did this. People saw that I had these nice clothes. People saw that I had this nice photo shoot. People saw that I ate at this really good place. And it was like, what's the point of that? Now, I do want everybody to see, you know, that I have a word, you know, I want people to see God in me, of course, but that's not what my page is about. And that's what, not what many of our personal pages are about. So that's one definition, and that's the prime definition of vanity. But the second definition is what the Bible means in vanity. And that is the quality of being worthless or futile. And I remember I wrote that on my board as I started to realize how much of my life was vanity how much of the stuff that i invested in growing up playing so many video games i didn't i don't really do that now but so many different things that i invested so much time into different business ideas that i've invested so much time into different things that i did for fun that i invested so much time into and i built this kingdom of academics i'm not saying that's not important i'm still in school i plan on finishing my degree and getting a job but that's not what I'm talking about. There's so much in our life that we can build ourselves up, even unintentionally. You know, we could say it's not pride. It's just confidence or something like that. But if it's not God and it's all about you, it's pride. It's vanity is what it is. And vanity is a form of pride. And when there's pride, there is a fall that is destined to happen. And I started to realize, wow, there's so much time that I wasted. And I keep coming back to the Instagram thing and the social media thing. So much time when I looked at the, what's it called? I was looking at the timer app. I don't know why I can't think of the name of this app. Hold on. It is the screen time app. I feel really weird about the fact that I don't couldn't get that in my mind. But that screen time app. And... Even after a year, like about a year and a half of keeping Instagram deleted off my phone to focus, it was like every time I would re-download it, it's like, you know, you put your little limits on and you break the limits. And then when it comes to God and you feel your flesh say to stop doing it, we don't break the limits for Christ. We don't break the limits of our prayer time. We don't break the limits of the things that truly matter. It's just to live is Christ and to die is gain. I remember I wrote a paper about certain convictions that I started to gain. And I may talk about this in a podcast and I may not. But there was a part of the paper where I was writing about just realizing certain things that we do, certain things that we celebrate, certain things that we participate in, certain things that we watch certain things that we listen to, it's all really at the root of it, evil, but not even just evil, it's all worthless. And 
I started to see the beauty of what Ecclesiastes, the preacher, was talking about in that. You know, you can study all you want to. You can do all the stuff. You can work all you want to. But at the end of the day, it's all vanity. There is no purpose in this earth without God. God is the reason why it existed. God is the reason why you have life. And God is the reason why you're still here today. And if you decide to let God not be in your life, then you do not have life. If you decide not to have God in your life, in an aspect of your life, then there you are dead. In that area of your life, it is useless. And that is time being wasted. And I started to think as I was thinking on this topic of vanity, how much of my life, and especially in the past, most of my high school and a good half, if not the majority of my middle school career was spent doing all sorts of stuff on social media, doing stuff in the video games and stuff like that. And when you look, you know, many of our averages can be up to six, 12 hours even of more time than we're even sleep on these apps. And it's just like that adds up to years. That adds up to a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And it's all vanity. It's all vanity. And I know, especially when I went to Central State, I was reminded of something that I was reading in Jonah a little bit before when I was at Wittenberg. And God, consistently, I feel like I have a Jonah complex because there's a lot of times in my life to where God has led me to do something and God has wanted me to go somewhere or to say something. And I have a Jonah complex where I want to go the other way. When I was doing P7, I didn't want to do P7. I, I didn't even know if I wanted to be a part of church, but God led me to it anyway. And I'm not saying he just took control of me or anything like that, but for example, going to Central State and the ministry that we're working there, and if God opens the door for CMI, great, but we've been having the Bible studies anyway. We've been having the Bible studies in the lunchroom and with different people that we know anyway. But I didn't even want to go there. Talking about Brownsville and the house that we live in now, I didn't want to come here at first, but it's not all about what we want because when you start to do God's will, his will be, starts to become your will. He begins to change your desires and renew your mind and your heart and make your heart, going back to that first love, his love starts to take root in your heart. And the thing is, after writing that on my board, vanity, I was just looking at it and I was praying, but I was also, you know, crying because I was like, I, I don't want to live in vanity anymore. If there's anything in my life that's wasting my time, I want to uproot it. I want it gone completely. And I realized I have to get in complete alignment, not partial alignment, not the part of the assignment that I like. But in full alignment with where God put me, that means in my home, that means in my church, that means in the location that I live in, that means in my school, in my workplace, every aspect of my life, I need to get in alignment with the assignment that God gave me, to get in alignment with the God-given destiny. And if I'm in somewhere that God did not lead me to, I need to get out of it. 
even if it's not sinful. It's not always about sin because if it's conviction to you, it is a heaven or hell issue. If it's conviction to you, it is obedience or disobedience. I don't want to be a child of disobedience. So you must learn to get into alignment with your assignment. You have to get into alignment with your God-given destiny. Going back to Romans 8. And I'm going to just turn here real quick. Romans 8. It talks about it. It talks about knowing that all things work together for the good of those that love God. But it also talks. And I'm going to just pick up at. I'm going to talk about what the Spirit does. So. I'm going to start here in verse 24. It says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? What does he yet hope for? Why? It actually says why, not what. Why doth he yet hope for? Going back to that question at the beginning of this podcast, why am I here? Why am I supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Why do you want me to give this up? Why do you want me to take this? Why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to do that? Well, hope is why. Hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our guide. Jesus is the spirit that we should be living on. Not just having the Holy Ghost, but I love how a preacher said this, putting on the spirit of Christ and oneness preacher saying there's a difference between the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Christ. Because when you put on the Spirit of Christ, you don't just have the Holy Ghost in you, but you're living in it. You decided to embrace the character of Christ and not just be filled with this power and ignore it, but to follow it and to embrace the hope that he's given us and to trust in the plan that he has, the predestined plan that he has for us, no matter what it looks like. You may not see it, but there's still a plan there. But if we hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? You have to wait. You have to be patient through the plan that God has for you. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth our hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for us, for the saints, according to the will of God. And I'm going to continue, but just right here, it's according to the will. We talked about this in the episode, prayer versus intercession. God will help you out, but only according to his will, not according to your will. Now, if your will falls in line with his will, then it will happen. But it's only in according to his will. God will intercede for you. God will intervene, but according to his will. So if you don't want his will, you might as well not even ask. But if you want his will to be done, I promise you his way is better. He, so let you have to get into that prayer. You have to let the spirit flow and have its way to search you and to lead you and guide you let him be your map let him be your guide proceed to the route that he gave you verse 28 and we know you have to know it you have to know it you cannot think it you cannot be iffy about it you have to know you have to have that knowledge and that knowledge of what is holy the knowledge that jesus has you to trust him so you cannot be removed. That's the only way you won't be removed is if you trust him. 
For we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God, that are obedient to God, that are obedient. If you are not obedient, if you do not follow God in the simple things, then you're going to miss the simple turns. You're going to miss the simple directions and you're going to miss the ultimate destination. Without obedience, you will not make it to heaven. You won't. You won't make it. You're going to get lost. You have to be obedient. That's what it means to love God. That's why it may seem like things aren't working out because you're not being obedient. We have to go back to our first love, which is Christ, the first person that we serve, the first person that we're obedient to. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to his image. We can't keep our image. We have to be conformed to his image. We have to change. For whom he did foreknow, he already knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He already knew you. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, to whom he already made a plan, them he also called, and whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Only if God is for you. The only way God can be for you is if you are for him. If you are in alignment with his will, he will call you if you want his will. He will justify you and he will glorify you. He will give you the skills. He will give you the grace. Nothing will ever be able to stop you. He that spared not his own son delivered him up for us. All, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things that is to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All that is the type of love that God has for you. He will lead you into all knowledge. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will protect you. He will do everything for you if you will just submit to him in all your ways. Have his commandments hid in your heart. That's all he wanted from the beginning. That's all he wanted from Adam. That's all he wanted from Abraham. That's all he wanted from Noah. 
That's all he wanted from Moses. That's all he wanted from the children of Israel. That's all he wanted from David. That's all he wanted from his disciples. That's one thing that's never changed. He wanted your whole heart. He wanted your submission to him. And if you would trust him in all your ways, not part of your ways, not 50% of your ways, not 90% of your ways, but 100%. God, what I got to give up, I will give up. God, what you want me to take on, I will take on. God, when you want me to rise, I will rise. When you want me to sleep, I will sleep. When you want me to be the guide of my life, you have to be obedient in all those ways. If you love him, he will love you no matter what. But if you love him, then all things will work out. Now, if he just loves you, all things are not going to work out. He'll love you. He may keep you. He may protect you, but it's not going to work out until you love him. It doesn't say all things worked out for the good of those that he loves. Because if it said that, then we wouldn't even have to do nothing. But it's only for those that love him, that have this divine protection, that election, that predestination. So we have to go back to that first love. I think there's a reason why the scripture says it that way to that church that is in Revelation. I don't remember if it's the Laodiceans, but one of those seven churches, God told you, you're doing good. You're doing okay, but you need to go back to the first love. You've lost it. You've lost it. You have to go back to that first love, back to that first obedience that you had when you first came to me. Go back to that first word. Go back to that last word that I told you. And I will lead you. I will guide you. That's what we need to do. So you may be at different points of your life right now. And I know I do a lot of reading, but that's what you can expect from this podcast from now on. I'm going to keep reading the word because if you got no word out of me, you can't say that I didn't give you word. I'm going to read this Bible and I'm going to keep reading this Bible. But if you feel like you're in a dark place, if you feel like you're in a dry place, if you feel like you're in a vain place, I have a prophetic word from Isaiah 55 and we're going to read this whole chapter and then I'm going to pray. And this is just what I feel like to do for this first episode. Not all the other episodes are going to be like this. When I figured out that I was going to be taking this back, I just took the mic out and just went with it and just shared what is on my heart. Most of the other episodes are going to have a lot more scripture, but I was just sharing with you what was going on and to talk about what was on my heart. So going to Isaiah 55. With starting at verse one, ho, everyone that thirsted, everyone that needs something, everyone that is in a situation to where they're in need and they just feel like they need direction. This is the word for you. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an 
everlasting covenant with you, even the mercies, sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him uh, for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel. For he that for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. But the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return, return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briars shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be an everlasting it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is what happens when you trust the Lord. No matter what your situation is, no matter if you have no money, you've wasted it all like a prodigal. No matter if you don't have any water, you've just gotten a little bit lost in your season. And you're working and you're working. You may even be working in a ministry. You may even be in the church. You're not dealing with any sin. You're not a prodigal, but you're working and you're working, but you're not all the way in the will of God. Hearken diligently, pay close attention and incline your ear. Come to him and he will make an everlasting covenant. He's going to restore those promises to you. If you hearken, if you listen, if you open your ear, if you seek the Lord while he's there, go back to the place where God told you to go. If you return to the place, if you go back to the position where he told you the blessings are at, that's the thing. We can be very quick sometimes. We may be called to be somewhere. We want to move here and then we want to move there. And we keep moving from all the places where God is sending the blessings. God has a post office for you. And until he tells you that post office has been moved, that's where your blessings are going. So if you move even slightly out of the way, you're going to miss the rain. You're going to miss what is for you. So we have to go back. There's a reason why it said specifically that if you return, you have to return to that way of God. You have to return to the place where he told you to go. 
And when you go back and get back into that path and go back to and do that thing he told you to do, even if it was a year ago, even if it was three years ago, if it was five years ago, get rid of that item of clothing, get rid of that pair of shoes, get rid of that music, get rid of that. Oh, no, but it's Christian. No, get rid of that. Oh, do that. Go back. Apologize to them. Oh, go give them that. And you didn't do it, but they're still there and you could still do it. Go back and do it. Be obedient in those little things. And I promise you the blessings will flow. The blessings will flow when you're a good steward with what you have. The blessings will flow when you go back and take care of what he already gave you. And when I say he already gave you, it's not just possessions. Take care of the commandments that he already gave you. That goes beyond just, oh, I'm not lying. Oh, I'm not gossiping. Okay, you may not be gossiping and you may not be fornicating, but you're not listening. And if you're not listening, you can't be guided. So you have to go back. You have to return. And God will change even those messed up situations that you got yourself into. If you have a thorn, he'll give you a fir tree. If you have a briar or something poking you, he'll give you something. Instead of something that's going to hurt you, it's going to be something that heals. Myrtles are used to heal. And that will be a sign that God is with you. So if you're not seeing these blessings flowing, I'm not saying your life is going to be perfect when you're in the will of God and that you're just never going to have any issues. But there's some issues that we cause and we don't want to take responsibility for it. So we don't always know why God wants us to do the things we do. But we know why he said it. He said it for our good. He led it for our good. And we have to keep that hope. We have to keep that faith. And we have to keep that love. Those are three things. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love. Hope, faith, and love. But the greatest of these is love. But the thing is, if you have that perfect love inside of you from Christ, you're going to be obedient. Love is obedience. Love is serving. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love wants truth to win out. That's the thing. If you love Christ, it tells you what it means to love Christ. So if you love, then you naturally will hope. Even though you don't see it, you will have faith to speak it. You will have faith to do those actions. Because faith without works is dead. So yes, there's work involved, but you have to work with faith. You have to work with hope and you have to work with love for Christ and for others. So that is why. God is why. Jesus is why. You may not know every little detail why, but God knows why. His thoughts are higher. His way are higher. His ways are divine. We are not on that level but his word will accomplish what he said it will do his plan will be what it is and if you don't want to conform to that plan then you are not fit for the story you're not fit for the role then you're going to be cast out you're going to be cast out god will take it away from you and give it to someone else if you don't want to take the talent that he gave you then he will take that talent away so i want to encourage you whatever god has told you to be obedient in Whatever God has led you to do, just do it. Don't just do everything the flesh tells you to do. Don't just do everything out of your emotions. But whatever God told you to do, do it with radical obedience. So 
as I close out this first podcast, no, it's a little different, and not every podcast after this is going to be like that. This, but I'm just going to pray for every person listening. So if you're driving, you can pray with your eyes open. That's one thing you can prophesy with your eyes open. So just come into agreement with this prayer and let God lead you and guide you in revelation and with the spirit into all truth. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the way that you're leading us, the way that you're guiding us out of a vain place into a place of purpose. I thank you for your Holy Spirit and I thank you for those you're going to fill if they do not have it. Oh Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truth, truth and doctrine, truth and purpose, truth in every aspect of our life. Lord, lead us and guide us. Give us the revelation we need to see where we need to be at. Oh God, be the light of our lives, Lord. Lead us, guide us, reveal our purpose. Get us into alignment with our assignments. Show us the things that we didn't do. Show us the things that we need to do. Remind us, O oh Lord, and return us. Reconcile us to your plan, Lord. Oh God, we humble ourselves and we pray. We will turn from our wicked ways. We will turn from our own ways and we cry out to you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. And then from this point on, to give us this day our daily bread and to forgive us our debts as you told us to forgive and we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but to deliver us from evil because it's all for your glory god lead us and guide us in your ways lord we humble ourselves we open ourselves and we will be obedient and partner to his radical faith and radical obedience and radical love lord love with holiness love that is separated from the profane things love that is separated from our own way love that is in line with your will may your kingdom come and your will be done in jesus name amen well i want to thank you for listening to this very interesting episode of a podcast where i just kind of talked there was no real plan for today's podcast most of these other episodes are planned as i said we have well over 50 planned episodes that we never recorded and yes i'm very excited for the guest episodes we have in line i'm very excited for the content we have in line you may notice that i have even some guest co-hosts i may even have my brothers on here to be a little co-host on the side but we're going to continue talking about discipleship you have a purpose god called you to do many things he called you to do greater works than what he did this is not just going to be a podcast about going out and reaching other people but it's also going to be getting disciplined ourselves how can we tell others what to do how can we lead others into truth if we're not into the truth ourselves when we get out of our vanity and we get into purpose then god can work his purpose through us this is a prerequisite to be we have to be disciplined we have to be submitted and then we're going to start to see the ministries for us and then we're going to start to see things start to bud and get fruit we're starting to see it at, in 
in my personal life, I'm starting to see things start to bud that were not budding, things that were not moving, that are now moving, because I trust the Lord. And I'm not perfect now. Should God reveal anything else, that's what I'm here to do. So I just want to encourage you, and I pray that you are blessed, and I'm very excited for what is going forward. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say if you didn't really care for this episode, I hope that you liked it. Let me know through the Piscata's Rose page. But if you didn't like it, don't worry. Not every episode going forward is going to be like this. I just kind of started talking, brought out a mic, prayed, and just let whatever come out come out. But I thank you guys all for listening. And I will see or you guys will hear me on the next podcast. So have a wonderful rest of your day or night and God bless you in Jesus name.